Televisioneers and welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners that are rising from recession. And our guest this week, well, he is developing a market for Primaris. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers, and welcome to a very special episode of Small Business Celebration. This is our 104th episode. Now, What's important about our 104th episode? Well, it's because we are a weekly program. We do one episode every week, 52 weeks out of the year. And since most small businesses don't survive after two years, our 104th episode is a big deal. And to mark the special occasion, our guest for this episode is a fan of Small Business Celebration and a successful business owner in his own right, Chad Tongo, welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. It's such an honor to be here on your 104th episode. Well, thank you. And for visioners who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? Sure. So I am the founder and CEO of Primaris Market Development. We are a software development firm that focuses on the customer journey. And so we, we develop software and mobile apps to help organizations touch different points of customer journey for the betterment of their business. You started off your business, actually you started off in the family business prior to the business that you're in now. What was it, what did the family business do? We were in private post-secondary education, okay. uh, focused on allied health and nursing programs. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did since 07 till okay. we divested in 2017. You were, you had worked your way up through the family business to becoming the CEO and the COO, correct? Correct. And you also guided the family business through the sale of the business, correct? Correct. Which begs me to ask, what on earth possessed you to open a new business during COVID? Well, Michael, that's a great question. Uh, and it comes back down to saw an opportunity, mm. uh, the need for organizations to undergo through what we call an organizational digital transformation. Mm. Because almost overnight, the digital commerce has grown significantly. Mm. Just in the last six months alone, uh, we've experienced 10 years worth of growth. Wow. And it is crazy the amount of need that's, that's necessary for our small, medium-sized businesses to transition to get into this new kind of marketplace in the digital world. It sounds like what you guys are doing is allowing business owners, small, medium-sized business owners, to have at their fingertips the operational ability to do things that the much larger Fortune 100 companies have been, have been able to or even afford to be able to do. Yes, that is correct. And one thing that we've learned in the last six months is COVID has leveled the playing field. Mm. So it's no longer just our Fortune 100 enterprise organizations that are doing things remotely. Mm. Now our small and medium-sized businesses are also having to do the same thing in order to survive. For the sake of argument, 
is you have a brick and mortar business. Let's say you have a men's clothing shop or a women's clothing shop, a retail establishment, and, and pick whatever retail it is. And you're trying to figure out how to bridge the digital divide. You're trying to, you, we all know social media marketing, we all know email marketing, we know those sorts of things, but how do we make that transition to this digital platform so that we can automate our system, so that we can go through and have that infrastructure and be able to sleep at night without going stir crazy? How, how does your company help people do that? Excellent question. So first and foremost, it goes back to the concept of bilateral communication mm. and leveraging that. Mm. Uh, social media has a very component that allows you and I to communicate with our customers 24-7 virtually right? Um, and get our message across even while we're sleeping. Mm. And so um, at the end of the day, where the social media is usually often used is mobile phones, right? Mobile centrism is now literally the marketplace. Right. People tend to look at their phones to buy absolutely anything. Mm -hmm. um, and every, desktops, because offices are closed, I mean, right. they're no longer as, as relevant, right? right? So at the end of the day, that's what we do. We develop apps. Uh, we help small, medium-sized businesses develop apps that goes directly to their site or more importantly, to their product and services. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, we help create that gap or that bridge, mm. if you will. And, and that bridge is how can we then take the, the, the triggers or the, the customers that are going through the, the trigger portion through the entire customer journey and make them into a loyal customer. Do you also help the business owner with the systematization, and I will get that word right by the end of the episode, I, I assure you. But are you also able to help the business owner with all the other back-end parts of their business and integrating all that into the same software so that they can worry about the things that are most important, like actually talking to the customer? Yes, yes, the answer is yes. The number one thing that often pulls small and medium-sized businesses back from growth or holds them back from growth is silos. Mm. They are... What's a silo? A silo is basically an island within your organization, ah, right? Okay. So having a, a, a specific department or having a specific uh, part of your operation siloed. Mm. And, and that's the worst thing you can do. Let's say you take on digitization for the, uh, the customer acquisition portion of, right. your, of your customer journey. But then you don't follow that up with customer relationship management software. And you don't follow that up with uh, an integrated, let's say, uh, delivery service or operational service where you could see you know, where the, the customer is in the entire journey. Right things can get lost, people get frustrated, your teams will not know what to do, right? because at that point, follow-up is virtually impossible. If visioneers want to reach out and learn more about what it is that you guys are doing, how do they do that? Absolutely. They can find us on our website mm -hmm. at, at www.primerisglobal.com, uh -huh. and uh, you'll be able to see our services there, but fill out a contact form. They could also send me an email. Uh, What's your email address? It is C, as in Charlie, Tonko, T-O-N-G-C-O, at PrimerisGlobal.com. And if you like Small Business Celebration, remember to go ahead and like, subscribe, notify, and make sure you tell a friend, and we'll be right back. 
Domino Plastics is committed to opening up Kern County and beyond. As a trusted domestic custom plastic fabricator for over 47 years, Domino Plastics has sanitized and retooled their plant to produce PPE barriers for your business. Need a custom contact barrier? How about a face shield that is California Prop 65 compliant? Domino Plastics offers multiple style face shields that support a variety of industry needs like medical, retail, and everyday private use. Safely open up your business by going to dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or reach out to them at 661-396-3744. That's Domino Plastics at dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or call them at 661-396-3744. We're here with Chad Tonko, the president and founder of Primaris Market Development. And our visioneer question of the segment comes from visioneer Sarah who asks, we're looking at expanding our pools of employees across state lines. Other than the usual employment law issues, what are some of the logistical issues I need to watch out for? That is a great question. As a business owner, as a business stakeholder, you always want to look into the labor market that you're going to go into. Mm. You want to make sure you have enough skills uh, mm. to be able to, a deep enough pool if you will, mm -hmm. to be able to pick and choose the talent that you need in order for your organization to move forward and grow. Right. Secondly, you want to know your different uh, zoning is what we call it. Mm. Compensation zoning is so key to be able to retain uh, as well as recruit right. talent. So this sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that if you are looking to hire across state lines for similar positions in different locales, the wants and the needs and the costs involved with the same position but in different locales may be different. That is absolutely correct. How have you experienced this firsthand to even have this knowledge? Well, after we sold our family business, I then transitioned into the group that acquired us. Mm. And uh, it was Unitech Learning, and it was a private equity ran or owned uh, institution. Mm -hmm. And so in that, uh, my role as a campus director, market president for Bakersfield and Central California, it was partly my role to determine uh, different compensation zoning for our area, right. knowing the standard of living here. Uh, but, but more importantly, the way I learned it the hard way mm. is we're starting to see a trend in losing high performers. Mm. And we went back to the drawing table, my colleagues and I, other market presidents, and, and along with the COO, and it was this whole initiative uh, within the corporation. And it was, how can we then create a better pool of talent and retain them? Right. Um, and and it, it came back down to compensation. Mm. You know, being able to provide enough uh, money to, and put in their pockets so that they can enjoyably live and also enjoy, enjoyably enjoy their job, if you will. Sure. Yeah. But what you learned from this was a lot deeper than when you were working for the equity company once you had sold the family business. You had actually experienced this as the CEO of the family business. And this is something that most business owners can relate to. What happened to you specifically that taught you this lesson and how did you, how, well first of all what happened 
What did you learn from it? And then how did this affect the way that you approach things in the future? Yeah. So as a person, you kind of have your ethical dilemmas. Right. And as a CEO, you also have your almost professional dilemmas, really, is what it is. Right. And so we had a battle. Myself had a battle uh, between the ethical dilemma, personal dilemma, and the professional dilemma. And, and the one thing that it came back down to was our employees are necessity in order for us to operate, grow, and succeed in what we're, what we're trying to accomplish right. um, and the services that we provide. Therefore, in order for us to keep them, we need to provide them a better lifestyle, if you will. Right. And so firsthand, I saw uh, the transformation that it had done uh, to our employees internally once we decided to take on a higher compensation zoning or compensation level for our entry-level and mid-level employees. Right. Yeah. But this also put a strain on the business. A hundred percent. Was there ever a time that increasing those compensation levels led to a real struggle for you as the owner of the company? There were a couple times where I could recall vividly that right. it seemed like we weren't going to make the payroll uh. because of this specific compensation raise, if you will. Right. And it takes you as a business owner to be creative, but more importantly, it takes grit out of you to determine how you're going to make it happen right because then all these lives are depending upon you being able to pay them right families if you will right that being said uh, you just kind of have to be creative for me uh, for us i should say it was going back to our bad debt books mm -hmm. if you will and determining which ones are still the lowest hanging fruit right we started calling them and miraculously they all started come out of the the woodshed, if you will, and, and start paying their dues. Right. Therefore, you know, we're able to make the, the payroll. But this actually goes deeper than that. You and your family were not born here. No. No. You originally came from? The Philippines. And you emigrated to New York City. Yes. Hated the winters. Yes. In New York City. Came to L.A., then moved to Bakersfield. Why Bakersfield? <laughs> Great question. Well, my family, my parents specifically, saw a market gap mm. in a nurse, the, or nursing education realm, specifically. Right. There weren't a lot of vocational nursing programs, and our hospitals needed, as well as our uh, healthcare facilities needed nurses. Right. So in 2008, we ventured up to Bakersfield to open it. In the middle of a recession. In the middle of a recession. <laughs> The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> no, it does not. And um, in the middle of recession, we took on this new venture. I worked as a front desk receptionist for my folks and kind of just enjoyed every bit of it. Understanding how you built this from scratch, your family built this to scratch, you had to have grit and you had to have determination. And as the company grew, now you brought on these employees. And you also had to go through and now feel for the employees because you were in their spot yourselves. Absolutely. Tell us very briefly how you, what, how did you f get through that? Because there's a lot of business owners that are, feel like their, their backs up are against the wall. 
And how did you find the way to dig down and get have that grit and come out ahead? <laughs> so it goes back down to purpose. Mm. And for us, it was bettering lives, mm. whether we're educating them or we're employing them. Mm. And so if we're not living out our purpose and the reason why we started the business in the first place, then why are we doing it? Ah. So that's what it was for us. And it, at that time, it came back down to uh, higher or, or increasing, I should say, increasing their um, compensation. The reason you get up in the morning is because you have a purpose. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk a lot more about the fundamentals, the core of that grit and that purpose when we come right back. One of the things I really enjoy is receiving visionary questions from you. Just like the conversation we just had with Chad, your visionary questions that we receive on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram usually go deeper and get more knowledge from the people who know those questions and more importantly those answers better. So keep those questions coming. We love to hear from you on LinkedIn. Facebook, and Instagram, and who knows, your question could appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Chad Tonko, the founder and CEO of Primaris Market Development. And our visionary question of the segment comes from Tracy who asks, one aspect of growing long-term is becoming associated with quality people that help you get where you want to go. What qualities do you look for to improve your associations and how do you find them? That is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lovely question, a loaded question. But a very good question. Sure. Uh, for me, I tend to look towards uh, fellow entrepreneurs mm. uh, that have gone through their journey and someone that I can relate with, but more importantly, learn from. Sure. And so I've connected and I'm, I'm blessed enough, lucky enough to have three specific guys that have carried me through uh, mm. in terms of sharing their credibility with me as we were starting out in Bakersfield. Uh, one being Jim Damien, mm. second being Kevin Burton, and third being uh, Ken Berman. These sound like mentors. Yes. I look at them as mentors, but they don't think so. I look at them as mentors. They just think of you as just one of their friends. Yes. yes. What did you learn from Jim specifically that helped you with, your, with growing your business and the family business? Where do I even start? <laughs> well, I must say that Jim has taught me how to navigate through a lot of the small business issues, mm. uh, specifically how to align my mind to make the right decisions, um, but more importantly, how I can move the organization or my team mm. uh, to accomplish a specific task that's necessary in order for us to get to that next level. Jim, mm. uh, many nights, many days, uh, many lunches, you know, have conversations about him sharing his experience and how he started off. And just by doing so, by doing that, I learned a lot from him. Kevin Burton was also a big influence. 
What did he teach you? And by the way, Visioneers, if the name sounds familiar, he has been on the program before, just before we went, made the bridge to YouTube. So if you want to go ahead and listen to Kevin's interview, you'll have to go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and scroll down to the uh, program, uh, programs and look under the audio versions. But you can listen to Kevin's interview there. But what did you learn from Kevin specifically? Well, from Kevin, as you know, he's a master network guy. He is. He is just so phenomenal with, with people. He's really good at that. And so I learned how to observe and how to interact with people mm. uh, through Kevin. I'm an introvert. Mm. And I learned how to be uh, an extrovert by skill, more importantly. And so um, through that, I thank Kevin because I observed him many times through many galas and, and many networking events and how he interacted with folks and just, Kevin is just a dear, dear friend to me. How have those associations or the associations you've been involved with helped you in your business? Significantly. Hmm. How so? By means of exposure, but also by means of learning. Hmm. Experiential learning is so huge when you're sitting in different boards learning from different executives and other entrepreneurs within the community mm -hmm. and how they their perspective their view on things and so uh that that is that that to me would be the golden nugget sure yeah what is something that you have gained from personally or what life lesson as an introvert that you have learned from your associations with your mentors with these other people or even from these other associations you've been involved with <laughs> how to function in different <laughs> events okay <laughs> well how so how so how to actually greet someone and how to have a conversation with someone um, like what i said i'm an introvert i enjoy just being by myself right. at home whatnot uh, but in these events, you know, you, you ought to be able to know how to trigger mm. in terms of specific different conversations, how to move conversation from one end of the spectrum to another, right? and how to make sure not to talk about business during a party. Because <laughs> it's so easy, and I think we've all made that mistake before. <laughs> you have mentioned that you're an introvert. So am I. And some of these skills you learn from your mentors... But you also learn from reading as well. What are you reading right now? Well, that is a good question. Uh, I'm reading The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. Okay. And it teaches how us as knowledge workers, mm -hmm. how can we better manage our time, mm. more importantly. Right. Um, and, and how to manage people. Okay. Okay. And then secondly, I'm, I'm reading uh, The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. I've just started it, so don't ask me anything about it. <laughs> Other than it's by Simon Sinek, which pretty much anything he writes is good stuff. Yes. What is one thing that visioneers could do today to grow a strong and profitable business? Focus on the signal and never on the noise. That sounds vaguely familiar. Who said that? Elon Musk. Why is, this, why is that saying by Elon Musk so important? Well, in business, just as much as life, there are a lot of different distractions, a lot of uh, external circumstances that come about uh, that would deter us or distract us from reaching our specific goal. Mm. Therefore, it's super important to know our purpose and why we're doing what we're doing, mm -hmm. our why, if you will, getting entrepreneurial here, right? And, and really focusing on that, regardless of what's going on externally. If visioneers want to reach out and get in touch with you, how do they do that? Well, 
You can reach me through email at ctonko at primerasglobal.com and also our website, www.primerasglobal.com. Chad, thank you very much for joining us on our 104th episode. We've done this for two years and we've got awesome. many more coming and we get, thank you very much for being on the program. We sincerely appreciate it. Thank it's you. It's such my pleasure. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Appreciate it. Domino Plastics is committed to opening up Kern County and beyond. As a trusted domestic custom plastic fabricator for over 47 years, Domino Plastics has sanitized and retooled their plant to produce PPE barriers for your business. Need a custom contact barrier? How about a face shield that is California Prop 65 compliant? Domino Plastics offers multiple style face shields that support a variety of industry needs like medical, retail, and everyday private use. Safely open up your business by going to dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or reach out to them at 661-396-3744. That's dominoplastics at dominoplastics.com forward slash COVID or call them at 661-396-3744. is a visioneer. A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world not as it is but as it could be and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer Tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.